Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Here we are. Gators hit the field for spring practice, and hey, there's plenty to get into. Gators released a new updated roster. We can take a lot away from that. They hit the practice field. Uh, I got some news and notes to share with you from the practice field as well. We'll hear from Billy Napier as he spoke to the media yesterday. So there's plenty, plenty to get into as the Gators are on the field for the first time in their 2023 form as spring practice gets underway. So, hey, this should be a pretty fun episode. <laughs> a lot to get into, uh, of course, with coaches being hired, uh, changes at quarterback, of course, position changes. We'll get into all of it right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Everybody, thank you so much. We hit that 11,000 subscriber mark last week. Can't thank you enough for your support right here on Gators Breakdown. While you're here, like, hit that like button. Really helps us out on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed yet, do so. Add to that 11,000 that we just got to. And of course, a Gators Breakdown Plus, you can join that as well. Link is in the description. I shared the practice notes already there this morning for the members there. Uh, that were, you know, the media got like a 15-minute portion at the beginning of practice, but plenty more happened after that. Uh, pretty generic. We'll get into it on this episode. You know, got to keep it generic. Uh, that's what I you know, put out there too. People are more willing to share if it's generic. We'll talk about a few players uh, that showed out in the first spring practice later on in the episode here, but there's notes already up on Gators Breakdown Plus, that Discord server. Uh, you can find them right there. So, hey, look, if I get the if I get some info that I can share w- w- with the members there, I will do so. I will share it right here on Gators Breakdown as well, but if you want it first, Gators Breakdown Plus is a great place to get it. All right, here we go. Uh, let's go to the, I think, one of the biggest storylines, of course, all the coaching changes Florida has going on. And the timeline of all that, Austin Armstrong already hired, of course, as defensive coordinator, but wide receiver coach still open, tight end coach still open. And, you know, we thought those hires would be made 
maybe before spring practice starts. Uh, not not the case. Interviews still happening this past week there. We'll get into that after you hear from Billy Napier here. Uh, so not you know, these first couple practices, not not dire of needing the position coach. Would you rather have him there? Of course. Of course you would. But let's hear from Billy Napier and maybe the timeline uh, that's going to happen here and you know, approaching practice, approaching the first couple, maybe first couple practices, but at least the first practice of having those openings still at wide receiver coach and tight end coach. There are challenges that come with it. You know, you got to go through, you know, I'm not just going to flip a coin and hire a guy. You know, if we have the person in place that we think is capable, we make those moves quickly. If we don't, then we're going to be very thorough. So, um, we're making progress in that area. We should have some news here shortly. It looks like you have some analysts though out there now. Is that how you compensate or how do you how do you deal with yeah. the No, I mean I think that's we're built to handle the attrition to some degree. Um, you know the layers that you've got in each room, uh, whether it's an analyst or a graduate assistant or a student, you know whatever whatever we have in each of those rooms. So uh, we've been able to manage it, but I mean still it's it's evident. You know, we, we need a coach or two there. So, but uh, we're going to be patient and work hard, but work smart at it. What are the kind of challenges that a defensive coordinator and filling that so quickly? How much of what you guys are running is going to be what you ran last year versus what you ran in the past? Kind of meshing that together in a really short time. Yeah, no, I think we're, you know, I mean, we're in our tree of, of coaches, if that makes sense. You know, I think Austin is. Uh, well respected out there. I think the opportunities that he had this off season uh, is a reflection of that. But um, Austin was with us in the past as a graduate assistant. Uh, he came back as a position coach, and then certainly for him to get an opportunity to coordinate defense for two years and really do a good job. You know, I think his reputation is good. So that one was a little simpler than the others. You know, I think um, it's going to allow us to. You know, he knows the verbiage. He understands the system. Uh, and certainly, you know, that network of people uh, is pretty well respected there. You know, I think we, from that staff at Louisiana, I think we've got four defensive coordinators out there, you know, calling defense. So, um, you know, Austin did a, has done a great job. He's hit the ground running. And uh, so far, so good. Is to not... Uh, being a coordinator, especially as young as he is, to not also having a position room? Yeah, no, I think we he still will work with the safeties, you know, I think that, but I think um, we're, we're sticking with kind of just our overall um, plan relative to improving the defense from an efficiency standpoint. You know, the intention prior to, um, you know, Patrick's departure was to make Corey the secondary coach. Um, you know, we're doing a number of other things there relative to edge players and interior defensive line. Um, so that was the intent the entire time. And it certainly we just had a coordinator change. So we'll take the same approach. All right, there we go. So a lot there to unpack from Billy Napier talking about all the coaching changes happening now at Florida. And of course, wide receiver coach, tight end coach still open. And look, as I said, we'd love to have those on the field already on the practice field so the, the the position, the players, the receivers, and the tight ends can go ahead and, and get uh, a reputation with their coaches. Uh, but you know, toward the beginning, you know, these first basic practices, not too much being lost. As I said, you don't want this to go on too long. I expect the hires to be made 
pretty soon. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't expect this to stretch out. But as Billy Napier said, you still want to hire the right guys. We're on the NFL timeline right now, so it's kind of odd uh, to maybe. And he said that earlier too. I'd kind of have to make sure I take the best of the best there when when you're talking to the, in the press conferences because we're only allowed to share so much. And Florida wants you to go to their websites and stuff to check out the whole things, but uh, get limited to about three minutes there. So, but Billy Napier did also mention, hey, we're on the NFL timeline here. Their their schedule kind of changed, so you know I'm not going to rush a hire here. Uh, and I got to hire the right guy. But of course, you know Florida had a ton of visitors on campus this past weekend as well, even some at the wide receiver position. So of course you'd love to have that position coach on campus with even not just on the practice field, but visits are starting to happen again now. And you'd love to have them there get a reputation with the recruits as well. So this can't drag on too long. Uh, but also at the same time, you don't want to rush it. You want to have the right guy. And look, the Armstrong hire, as Billy Napier said, that the familiarity with him, him being on the Louisiana coaching staff, sped this up a bit. And of course, you know, there, there's starting to be a little circle here of a uh, Billy Napier, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart's coaching circle. Uh, now, of course, Billy Napier has a long way to go to, to for stature wise to be up there with those guys. But I mean, they, they, they're, they're close. Uh, that, that, that little circle there of guys that they're interested in guys they've coached with guys, they have developed uh, along the way. There's a, there, there is a coaching circle there between Nick Saban, Billy Napier and Kirby Smart. So uh, Austin Armstrong, thought very highly of in that coaching circle, has experience with Billy Napier on his staff. Billy Napier sent him to Georgia to learn under Kirby Smart there in 2019 uh, in that season um, before you know he come back to Louisiana and then headed to Southern Miss to be the defensive coordinator. So that little coaching circle there, Austin Armstrong, just coming from Alabama there with Nick Saban, it, that sped this up. There's a reputation there that Billy Napier can trust with everybody else in that little circle. And plus, knowing all, Austin Armstrong sped that up a bit, but not the same necessarily right here with wide receiver coach, tight end coach, uh, Billy Napier <laughs> really going to – look, wide receiver coach, he brought in Kerry Colbert, not really – there was a connection, but a very small connection, not like uh, – it, not like you're not like you saw there with, with Patrick Tony and Austin Armstrong uh, recently and that higher. Uh, so, you know, Pigler as well, not a huge connection, but a small connection there uh, as well. So, you know, we'll see where this goes as far as the future wide receiver coach and tight end coach. Does Billy Napier go with somebody who he's had a lot of experience with, or is it kind of like a Kerry Colbert, William Pigler hire, uh, where there may be some small connection, maybe no connection at all uh, to make these hires. But Billy Napier wants to make the right hire at wide receiver coach, tight end coach, not necessarily, okay, scramble. Let's bring somebody in to at least make sure they're there for the first spring practice. Maybe you heard Billy Napier say it. Something should be coming soon on those hires. As far as wide receiver coach, uh, I know some names came out late last week. Uh, we talked about it on Gators Breakdown Plus a good bit, um, but we'll go through the list here. Probably higher going to be made through this group of names. Uh, Taylor Stubblefield, Joe Daly, Tony Sorrentino, Joe Filani, Billy Gonzalez, <laughs> Ike Hilliard, Dallas Baker. Seems to be the names that are thrown out there. Those guys have been interviewed for the job. They've been on campus, some, some on campus, some just on Zoom. Uh, so, your wide receiver coach probably going to come from that group of names I just hired or that I just mentioned right there. Uh, so we'll, we'll go, you know, we'll see. We can either break those down later or just break the hire down. I know more in spring practice mode right here. Uh, but those are the names uh, others are hearing. I'm hearing as well separately uh, for the wide receiver coach hired there for the Gators. Um, and we'll see what happens at tight end coach uh, as well. So 
All right. I thought, uh, there we go. Latest on coaching hires there for Florida as they hit the spring practice field. Short two coaches, grad assistants. And look, there's a reason you hire an army out uh, there at Billy Napier for, for things that happen like this. You have plenty of bodies, plenty of grad assistants, plenty of, of coaches out there to go out there and make a transition. And we'll see how long that transition takes. Hopefully not much longer. We'll be talking about some hires this week uh, for wide receiver coach and tight end coach. I'd expect the hires to be made this week. That's just a, a, an assumption. That is more a guess than anything. But it'll, look, it's got to be an educated guess, right? We know this isn't going to go on too long. I expect them to be hired in the coming days. Um, all right, let's get into it. I'm, I'm not a big numbers guy. Uh, I know I'll say you guys in the comments on YouTube uh, there about Graham Mertz rocking the 15. We'll get into it right here. Um, yeah, it doesn't bother me too much. There are some numbers that are, are of, co- of course, close to our heart, 15, 7, 11. They're especially at quarterback for offense. Um, but some new numbers uh, for, for, for the Gators because they're freshmen and transfers uh, there. So, We'll go, we'll go through. If you're watching YouTube, uh, I'll throw up the graphic uh, right here. But yeah, there's your there's your new numbers for freshmen and transfers. If you're if you're a numbers guy, uh, but Sharif Denson, we'll, we'll we'll go in number order here, taking over for zero trading zero last year. Of course, uh, Sharif Denson gets that zero number there. Jakeem Jackson number two, of course a freshman. Andy Jean gets number six. Will Norman another freshman on defensive line, rocking number nine. Hey, Jervon Dexter. Last year, number nine on the defensive line. Hey, we'll go transfer that to Will Norman. So maybe nine is just a, a defensive lineman number now. <laughs> uh, Kelvin Collins rocking number 11 on defense. And notice there, we'll kind of get into it, but listed as an edge is one Kelby Collins. So there's some position groups to talk about here on this episode as well. But we'll start with numbers here just as we go. Number 11 on offense is wide receiver Aiden Mazel. Aaron Gates, cornerback, another true freshman, rocking the 13. Jordan Castell rocking number 14, another defensive back there. As I mentioned previously, Graham Mertz rocking the number 15. Uh, Tim Tebow, of course. Anthony Richardson last year. Graham Mertz rocking the number 15 as he transfers in from Wisconsin. Defensive back Bryce Thornton, true freshman, rocking number 18. TJ Searcy, number 19. They got him listed as an outside linebacker uh, here. Um, But, of course, we'll get into that. More detail coming up there. The outside linebacker role... Pretty much going to go away, that designation, uh, in some form or fashion. Trayon Webb, number 20, true freshman running back. Number 20 on defense will be linebacker transfer to Roger Mitchell. Deuce Spurlock, true, uh, another transfer at linebacker, number 22. So 2022 20, there for the transfer linebackers. Cameron James, rocking 24. Running back Cam Campbell, the transfer from Tulane, rocking 27. Linebacker Jaden Robinson, freshman 29. Linebacker. Manny Nunnery, rocking number 34. Bryce Lovett on the offensive line, 53. Micah Mazuka, the transfer from Baylor, rocking number 54. Roderick Kearney, true freshman, number 71. Damian George, transfer, number 76. Najee Harris, 77. Keonta Goodwin, 78. Tony Livingston, the tight end, rocking number 86. And the last couple here, defensive lineman Caleb Banks, the transfer, 88. And Cameron Jackson, the defensive line transfer from Memphis, rocking number 99. And I saw some practice highlights, footage of him. Cameron Jackson is massive. Nice to have that size up there up front on the defensive line. So there you go, Gator fans. There's your list of the transfers and the freshman numbers for the new Gators coming in. 
no big issue for me for Graham rocking 15. As I said, in college football, it's really hard to retire numbers. Uh, now, maybe, as I saw the conversation going on there, if you want somebody maybe to earn the number more, okay, I get that. <laughs> so, um, But even last year, you know, before for Anthony Richardson, not a lot of people had an issue with him wearing 15 because, again, I think maybe the projections uh, of him being in, look, he, of course, blew the NFL combine out of the water like we knew he would uh, this past weekend. Not many people had an issue with him rocking 15 because he was, quote-unquote, maybe the next Tim Tebow. <laughs> but uh, Graham Mertz coming in as a transfer uh, getting that number 15 right away as Anthony Richardson leaves. And the quarterback coming in gets that number. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, so as I mentioned, positions, like roster designations, uh, player player position, it's changed a little bit on defense. And you heard Napier say in that soundbite a while ago, that they changed the way they're doing things up front on defense. Uh, And here's what he means. There's no longer inside linebacker, outside linebacker designations. And it's now, if you look at the roster, they they put out inside linebacker and edge. So the outside linebacker designation going away. So it's defensive line, edge, and linebacker. Inside linebacker specifically. On the front two levels, those are your designations. Defensive line, edge, inside linebacker. Now, Justice Boone is listed as the only defensive end, uh, if you go and look at it. But, of course, that's along the defensive line. So, we'll throw him in the defensive line just to, to, to make more sense about it. But just to go through here, Justice Boone listed defensive end. Chris McClellan, and this is the rest of defensive linemen here. Chris McClellan, defensive line. Will Norman. Desmond Watson, Jalen Humphreys, Caleb Banks, and I'm skipping over some names. I'm giving the, the games the names that you guys know of. Of course, there's some walk-ons and all that such here, but I'm giving you names uh, that you've heard of: Justice Boone, Chris McClellan, Will Norman, Desmond Watson, Jalen Humphreys, Caleb Banks, Tyreek Sapp, Jamiri Lyons, Cam Jackson. There's your defensive line, and then to edge, Kelby Collins. Listed as an edge. If you listen to Gators Breakdown last week, if you listen to the Gator Collective event we had a couple of weeks ago uh, with true freshman Kelby Collins, he said, look, I'm going to play all over the defensive line. So, of course, this is just one designation for Kelby Collins, but it is interesting if you just want to take away from what is listed on the official roster Florida put up on the website. They do have Kelby Collins as an edge, six foot four, two seventy seven. And those weights are accurate as of late February. So about a week ago. So Kelby Collins starts us off at edge. And here we go. One that I told you guys to look out for last week as we were going through the positions here on Gators Breakdown to kick off spring practice coverage. Scooby Williams is now listed as an edge, not a linebacker. Thought it made more sense. You know, if you look at his high school history. But now he's flipping to edge rusher. 
first two seasons were inside linebacker for the Gators. And of course, going back to the last staff and how many times were we maybe a little aggravated with our edge rusher in high school, um, maybe a little light in the pants, but we're going to make him a linebacker anyway. Mm, okay. Didn't, we didn't care for that too much, did we? And then going back and not only because he played that position in high school, did Scooby Williams, but more also Florida. And that's one of the main reasons I put him there. Florida needed some depth at the edge position. Antoine Powell-Ryland, of course, a lot of experience there last year before Brenton Cox dismissal and even more after Brenton Cox's dismissal. Of course, he's on the field a lot. About the only proven player we could point to at the edge position for Florida, we needed some depth there. And I was like, going back to looking at who, okay, who, who, who else could fit in there. Jack Pyburn is a name who flashed, by the way, on the first day of practice yesterday. But you needed some more depth there. So you start looking at who can fill in there. And it brought it up on, on, on the episode last week. You got to think Scooby Williams gets a look there because of his history and still, you know, 6'5", 245. That's what they got him listed at. So put him somewhere where he's had experience in high school. Hopefully that transition is, is, is a little bit easier for him. But gives Florida another depth piece. But let's go through it right here. Kelby Collins' edge, Scooby Williams' edge, TJ Searcy listed as an edge as well. So two freshmen right there, of course. I mean, that's what we were looking at, right? <laughs> With those guys, Collins and Searcy, coming in uh, and making their presence felt. Um, now we'll see how – because part of this is thinking about it. If you look at Florida and how the defense looked last year, it's going to look a lot of the same with Austin Armstrong. Tendencies will change, of course. Uh, but Florida played with a more a four-man front last year. Defensive line and edge, that's a four-man front. Now, whether that fourth guy, the edge guy, had their hand in the dirt or standing up, it was still a four-man front a lot of the time. And your two linebackers, mostly you know, last year, Bernie, Miller, James, kind of rotating in there a bit. But it was mostly a 4-2 front. Kelby Collins, Scooby Williams, TJ Searcy, Cameron James listed as an edge, Princely Yumin Yellen listed as an edge, Jack Pyburn, Antoine Powell-Ryland. So there's your edge players Florida put in that designation for the roster. Getting rid of that outside linebacker, because he knows it was edge slash outside linebacker slash Jack. I mean, you know, so many designations there uh, for, for some of those guys. So I think those are guys, the defensive linemen that I listed and the edge players that I listed, expect those guys, that, that's your front four for the Gators in most scenarios. So let's go to see who they have now listed at inside linebacker. Names you're going to know, names you'll put together, of course. Shamar James, inside linebacker. Derek Wingo. Saw him in a non-contact jersey, but he was out there yesterday. We were wondering how much he would uh, be taking part in spring practice. Uh, if you look at the uh, image, <laughs> that's the title image of this episode on YouTube, uh, you'll see Derek Wingo right there in a black non-contact jersey like the quarterbacks are. Um, Samar James, Derek Wingo, Taraja Mitchell, Deuce Spurlock, Jaden Robinson, Manny Nunnery, Justin Pellick. So there you go. There's, there's your inside linebackers there for Florida. I mean, the ones we're expecting so much more out of this year, of course, Mar James, Derek Wingo, Taraja Mitchell, Deuce Burlock, Jaden Robinson, Manny Nunnery. One, two, three, four, five, six names right there. Florida going, you know, starting you two, 
and two more behind your starters when you look at it. I mean, looking at that list and how they got it, Shamar James, Wingo, Mitchell, Nunnery, your top four maybe? With Induce Spurlock and Jaden Robinson being, you know, the younger guys, the redshirt freshman there, Induce Spurlock, Jaden Robinson, the true freshman, rounding out the, the, the six, but there you go. But I thought that, you know, certainly noteworthy of how Florida changed those designations on the roster, who's listed at defensive line, edge, and inside linebacker. One more position change I think we should all be aware of. Jamarcus Weston, no longer a wide receiver. And now a move to safety. That one caught the eye of a little bit. It was... It was uh, Scooby Williams being listed as the edge and Jamarcus Weston moving to safety. I mean, that was even bigger because, of course, he's changing size of the ball. That was where the two headliners and looking at the new roster Florida put out. Billy Napier had this to say about Jamarcus Weston's move to safety. Quote, I think it's a position that's probably a little thin, truth be known. And Jamarcus is a guy that's played really well for us on special teams. He's done a good job on the punt return and the cover team. And we do a number of drills where we ask those four core offensive players to take part in tackling circuits. I think the defensive staff felt like observing him in those settings that he had the skill set. He was a really good defensive player in high school, so there's a skill set there that's just going to be a matter of learning the system, learning the communication, the fundamentals. But I know Jamarcus is excited about it, and I know our coaching staff is looking forward to working with him. Interesting there, of course, you know, position change. And with the transfer portal being such a high option for players, Jamarcus Weston is doing a position change before, if he, now I'm not saying he's going to transfer or anything, but he's willing to give this a shot to maybe stay at Florida, be a part of this team, be a part of the, the players that he's been developed with over the last few years, and to be with his coaching staff. And I think we know the, the limited time that we've seen at wide receiver just hasn't come, come apart. We've heard about his speed, but we've never really seen his speed. We've seen some mistakes out there on special teams. But this part of him you know, being and showing his tackling ability on special teams, the defensive staff taking notice of that. I mean, he's willing to do this position change before maybe even hit the transfer portal market. So it's going to be interesting, interesting to see how this comes about, how it plays out. You know, if he struggles there, then maybe does he hit the transfer portal? But interesting that uh, the staff sees something there for him at safety and that he's willing to change positions, not necessarily hit the transfer portal and go play wide receiver somewhere else. He wants to be a Florida Gator. He wants to change positions. And we'll see where it goes from there. But big position change there for somebody we've seen on offense the last few seasons for the Gators. Also, just looking at safety too, Miguel Mitchell, 6'1", 203 as a true freshman. Uh, and hearing really good things about him, that, how the staff, how he's coming along, how the staff likes him so much. Now 222, going from 203 to 222. Pretty big for a safety there. We'll see how that plays out, but absolutely should take note of that since we're talking about the safety position. 
the depth there, throw Miguel Mitchell in there, who's probably going to be the top one that's one of the other starting safeties along with Kamari Wilson. Got some notes about those guys later on in the episode, too, from practice. All right, so let's get to more Billy Napier. And, of course, already discussed, Graham Mertz taking over at 15. But let's talk a little bit of quarterback here. And let's start with Billy Napier and his thoughts. A group that uh, wants to please. You know, I think I see a group that's working really hard. Um, obviously, Jack's benefiting from being in his second year, but I've been impressed with Graham's work ethic. I think he's done a good job of you – know, he's got a really good grasp of the system. Um, you know, Max is obviously in year two as well. Uh, more, Most importantly, just the example there, uh, working hard to connect with the rest of the team. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that group and certainly some good and bad out there like you would expect the first day. But overall, uh, really looking forward to that group and the progress that they can make. There we go. Can't go without, you know, can't go the first practice. Can't go the first day this team's together without talking quarterback. Jack Miller did take the first team reps. Look, guys, that's expected, even though Graham Mertz is coming in as a transfer, looking to be the guy, the guy we think will come out of spring practice number one. The experience Jack Miller has, of course, he's probably going to open up spring practice as a number one. And we'll see, you know, of course, you know, how much this is a battle. We talked about it last week. How quickly can Graham Mertz assert himself and make this a battle? And if he is going to take over, how long will it take? You know, Billy Napier saying there he's pleased with his progress so far, how far he's come along in just a short amount of time. Not a lot. Uh, to go by, uh, of course, you know, we'll see how spring practice plays out. There are those open portions of practices, and we'll see. Maybe it's going to be a flip-flop, and maybe practice number two will be Graham Mertz taking the first-team reps, but at least practice one is no surprise, no matter what happened at the quarterback spot, that Jack Miller is taking the first-team reps. So there's a little bit of quarterback talk. Not a lot of whole, Not a whole lot to share there. Both guys look... Both guys look okay, as you heard Billy Napier say on the, on the first day. There's going to be some bumps in the road on day number one. Uh, other notes from the presser before I get into the practice notes and stuff. Billy Napier was asked, where do you hope or where do you expect to see the biggest jump in year two? Because I, he says, quote, I think probably the biggest thing you start is in a different place from knowledge standpoint a communication standpoint, a set of fundamentals at every position. So you got a core group of veteran players that walk out here the first day, you put the ball down, they don't blink, right? So not necessarily what to do, but now it's how to do it. Why do we do it that way? I also think the players will benefit from all parts of the organization being in the second year. I'm going back and looking at my notes from the previous year. Need multiple pages to get all those things fixed. I think we're starting in a different place. It's ultimately from a system standpoint, offense, defense, game changers. It's like you've moved to a new country and learned a new language last year. Now you've been li living in the country for a while. So you're a little more fluid and you all of a sudden you start the process a little bit quicker. You anticipate better. You play faster. You get more production. We still have 27 brand new scholarship players out there, but overall veterans and then a group of rookies that I think brings some things to the table. And lastly, he was asked, we have a new offensive line coming out here with this dynamic running game. 
So what's the timeline for this offensive line to gel and get ready for the season? Quote, that's probably one of the things I'm most excited about. Line of scrimmage players in particular, all the mid-year players, I think, make us better. And then we've got a good core group when you think about, think about it offensively. Austin, Kingsley, Richard, uh, Richard, Leonard. I think guys like Slaughter, we're in year two. Herman's in year two. And then here comes all the rookies, the freshmen and the transfers. Defensively, feel kind of the same way. A good-looking group of portal players out there, 10 of them. So there you go. Billy Napier talking about how excited he is about that dynamic running game, gelling with this offensive line, excited about those scrimmage players. A lot of experience there, not necessarily on this Gator roster, but you know, not a lot of new young faces. Guys who have played a lot of ball, maybe elsewhere, but they're coming in, hopefully, hopefully, plug and play along the offensive line. Now, of course, first couple of days of spring practice, you're not going to get a whole lot of trench play. Not going to be a whole lot of physicality there between the offensive line and the defensive line. Of course, you got to have this little warm-up period of getting accustomed to back to practice again. A little bit of underwear practice out there right now to start off spring ball. But that's where it's at right now. All right, so going to share a little bit of practice notes for you that was sent my way. I asked around in two separate conversations here. Here's the first one. On offense, for me, Mertz, ETN, Gene, Douglas, Leonard, Barber all look good. On defense, we only saw one-on-ones once the rain started, and they moved inside. Princely, Banks, Searcy, James looked apart. Didn't watch defensive back, so cannot comment much. And then a separate. Arliss is the problem. He can't be guarded. And it's one tight end, Arliss Boardingham. Gene is ready to play now. Two touchdowns yesterday. Shamar, Trell, Trev, all conference guys. Will Norman, TJ, Caleb, all studs. Jakeem Jackson picked one off. Cam Carroll, Cam Carroll is a giant the running back transfer there from Tulane. Offensive line finally looks like it should be in the SEC. Have an average of 6'5", 330. Mertz and Miller both threw it well. Kamari always around the ball. Miguel got a pick by jumping a skinny post over the middle. Kelby, Jack Pyburn had some real nice one-on-one reps. Pyburn put Kianta on skates with a swim move. So there you go. Some nice notes from day one of practice. Don't take that too far. Don't take too much. That is one practice. (laughs) And very generically, given on purpose like that. But of course, the one name I'm going to bring up, Arliss Borningham. You guys listen to Gators Breakdown. I tried to kind of foreshadow as much as I could all that I was hearing about him a year ago and how excited the staff was about him at the tight end position this year. He's going to be a problem. I've seen it now. I've heard it too many times. Arliss Bordyham is a, if we're going to look for a breakout player, I'm going to go ahead and put the label on it. (laughs) So look, we get in trouble all the time with that, with young players, with spring players. It it happens. Hopefully not here. I've I've heard heard too much, heard too much here with Arliss Bordyham course, not a highly recruited guy, but out of the state of California last year, dealt with some injuries, 
Started hearing whispers about it last year. And there was one player they were really looking forward to developing and getting on the field this spring and seeing what he could do. Already day one, as I said, it's hard to know what to take away from a, a generic report. I kept it generic on purpose. Don't want to be getting in trouble, sharing too much out there. But as far as, you know, we're not going into great detail here. But all the sporting him, tight end, be on the lookout. Andy Jean, of course, both of sources there. Throwing it out. Andy Jean's going to be an issue, going to be a problem. Can he be the the Trevor Etienne this year? Can he be the true freshman offensive player that's just going to go from game one? I'm not going to sit here and say if he doesn't do it game one, we should all be disappointed. But will he be something similar to that? Is that one player, by the time the end of the season rolls around, hey, there's there's the freshman we're all excited about, and he's going to be making plays for years to come. Andy Jean may be getting that label a little bit early. But hearing some good things right there. Excited? Hearing about Kamari Wilson around the ball. Another safety there, Miguel Mitchell, making a play, making an interception. And then also, let's see, going to, as part of the Gator Collective, of course, you get access to that message board. And to kind of even further along, explain maybe some, I'm not going to share everything there. You know, you can be a, become a Gator Collective member, support the Florida Gator student athletes out there. Also, some access to the message board that has some insider reports as well. Kind of going and confirming the same thing. Jack Miller running with the ones. You can find this on the Gator Collective message board. Of course, it was wet there. Had a couple of nice throws to Caleb Douglas. Look, confirms what we heard here. From my sources as well, Caleb Douglas, Andy Jean, Arliss Boardingham, all making plays on the first day of practice. To kind of further extend the conversation right here from the Gator Collective, Arliss, really dynamic player. More of a guy that can run downfield, versatile, comes back to the ball, looks to have grown from last year, will get better now that he's healthy. Big shout out to Gaines Vegas here on the Gator Collective board. I'm not going to share everything from there. You guys can go read it for yourself a bit. But Cam Carroll, Trevor Etienne, making some big runs. A lot on the trench play. A little bit more uh, from Damian George, Cam Jackson, kind of confirming here, Cam Jackson, big dude. Caleb Banks, info about him in here as well, but kind of confirming even more, even further than what I, with what I had. Safeties, Miguel Mitchell, Kamari Wilson, both had interceptions today. So safety play, a play, a, a position we have so much turnover at, a position we're going to be having heavy eyes on because Florida needs all the help they can, there, they can get there as far as player-wise, production-wise, to be better than they were last year. And we saw what Trey Dean and, and Rashad Torrance ran at NFL Combine. And they're very slow speeds there. You don't have to be necessarily a quick, fast, twitchy player there in the, in the secondary. But if we're going to start looking at maybe why some of the issues there in the secondary, you know, maybe not so much athleticism there on the back end. And we're hoping Miguel Mitchell, Kamari Wilson – these notes that we are hearing from the first day of practice. Remember that. Remember that. Remember that. <laughs> we'll see where it goes from here. But let's take some positives when we do hear it. Miguel Mitchell, Kamari Wilson. And of course, spring practice. Also weird if you're hearing those guys getting interceptions. We don't know the quarterback who threw them. Of course, you'd rather not hear about interceptions. But at the same time, you want your defensive making plays. So checks and balances with spring practice. 
there was, I said, this could have been a walk-on quarterback. It could have been Graham Mertz. It could have been Jack Miller. It could have been Max Brown. We have no idea. That's not what was shared here. And yeah, one guy that looks like a man, Kelby Collins, goes even more, shares even more uh, about that right there on the Gator Collective message board as well. So, all right, good stuff there from the first day of spring practice for these Gators. There you a little bit of inside practice notes. One even more, join the Gator Collective, hit that message board there. We'll get your breakdown plus. I'll share what I have. Mostly right before we go live. Mostly right before I put the podcast out so it doesn't get out there everywhere else. And you hear it somewhere else first. But <laughs> got to protect the brand a little bit. But there we go. Spring practice underway for the Gators. I think lots to be excited about. We should be at this point. I know we can hold some expectations in, in check as well. We'll see what all this means come fall time. But hey, if you got if there's some one time to be hopeful, a little more optimistic, and we hear some good things. We'll share them, but if there's one time to be positive, optimistic, it's now. But I'm going to also tell you, if I hear it the other way, you know, guys, I won't, I won't shy away from that, but that's what was put my way from yesterday and today regarding spring practice number one for the Gators, getting it ready, getting it started for Billy Napier's second year. So, all right, that will do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown, everybody. Uh, see Cooper asking, is there a practice today? No, I believe the next one is Tuesday. I think that's the next, that is the next, um, media portion and press conference. So should be Tuesday. I would think. All right, there we go. That'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown.